Mi Manda Niganin podcast. Mi Gwech Bazindamek. Ani Bojo Kinawea Jessica Maba Niganin podcast. Gado Bazindan. Mi Gwanabi Kwe Dinishnabe Nozwen Edictodem. Majikining Donjaba. Mi Noa Dida. Nishnabe Mwanekno Maga Dao. Mi Noa podcast host Dao. I don't know how to say that in the language. Hi everyone, I'm one of your hosts for the Niganin podcast. My name is Jessica Shonyas. Welcome back. I'm a caribou clan from Rama, where I'm living and working, and I'm the language teacher at Niganin, and sometimes I host this podcast, and I'm going to let my other co-host introduce, introduce themselves now. Ani Bojo Kinoea, Kerry Kimanda da Jaganashi Nozwenawan. Mishkiki Nibagokwe, Da Nishnabe Noswin, Ganabajing Donjaba, Nishnabe Ndao, She, Her, Danang Cousin, Dan Cousin. Good day, everyone. It's really good to be here. Um, so I'm Carrie, I'm from Cutler, uh, Serpent River First Nation, and um, yeah, here for Niganin for the podcast. Cool. Laughter is medicine. That's what I think we're trying to call this episode or podcast. We just wanted to dedicate this to something a little bit more fun, and that is Indigenous humor. So I'm not that funny, (laughs) but maybe I could talk about other people that are. And just, uh, you know, what is Indigenous humor? What makes it so unique? Um, and everything that goes along with that. What do you think? Did I encapsulate that well? Yeah, I think so. I was a little intimidated by this topic too, because it's like, how do, how do you be funny on the spot, right? But if we start talking about Native humor in general, um, and people that I look up to, or uh, always can turn to for a laugh, then that seems much easier because there's, there's so much, so many funny people I know and, and good things happening out there. So. Yeah. So let's, let's just start with our, our title and delve a little bit deeper into that. So we hear this often in our communities and probably not just in indigenous communities, probably everywhere, but, um, you know, I grew up on the res and Everyone's joking and teasing each other. That's usually a sign of love, actually, if you can you can tease someone. So what what does laughter is medicine mean to you? What do we mean by that? I think for me I I like what you said about you know you know there's love when when you're being teased and stuff right that there's this level of acceptance um and seeing you for who you are and not being able to be real i guess i mean not 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 being able to, but that you are able to be real with each other and see humor in that because a lot of things in our in our history and in, in our like distant past and then in our own personal um histories of ourselves growing up and and even right now in our day-to-day exactly exactly that being able to see it with humor 
makes it easier. Um, it's being able to laugh at things that uh, make us resilient and, and it's, it's kind of a strength, right? Instead of being overwhelmed by the, the darkness or the trauma um, of being able to keep moving, keep going forward um, and being who we are uh, and seeing things um, with that lens on too, right? So how about for you? I kind of went really big there. <laughs> I feel like I I've, I should have went first. <laughs> I, you've said that so eloquently. Yeah, I, I agree. I th- and I think I'm kind of almost going to answer my next question. But that's okay. It's all related. But I think especially, like you said, for Indigenous folks, um, there's a lot of, like, I don't know how to say trauma, right? And colonialism oppression racism like really big serious things and I think all of these big things that we as an indigenous people have faced and continue to face sometimes all you can do is laugh about it and I think that's kind of what we're talking about when we say laughter is medicine that we're in these real situations and um, you know at least at least we're laughing and smiling and, and joking with each other I found a really good quote. Is that okay if I read? It's from Dallas Goldtooth from the 1491s. And he said it better than I could have said it. This was in um, an article in Indian Country Today, published September 2nd, 2012. So this is going back a while. But he says, to a certain degree, Indian humor is dark humor. It's satirical. I think the Indian people are the most cynical people on the planet. You can't help but be cynical when you wake up and go through your daily life and see some of the tragically funny things around you. The behavior of your of your leaders, even some of the dysfunction in your own home. It's such an absurd level that you can just go mad or you can just be cynical about it and make light of it all. I think that's really strong. I think that's what kept us alive as a people, making light of our situations. And I just want to say those are... Dallas's words I use I prefer to use Anishinaabe as opposed to Indian but that's what he's talking about there um to me it's native indigenous humor is dark too because we are laughing at things that most people would be like wow that's really sad (laughs) and here's native people teasing each other about it yeah even getting ready for this when we were discussing uh, this episode and doing some planning around it (laughs) I was kind of surprised when you're like whoa that's pretty dark with some of the things I was sharing oh this is so funny and I didn't even really think of it that way until you pointed it out and I'm like oh okay yep that's fair (laughs) um yeah and that's another thing too is this is the podcast that I probably prepared for the most and and truthfully could have done way more preparation um, for to do it justice. So maybe there's a part two coming out of this or something um, that could be better researched. But because even when I was asking my husband, do you have any jokes I, like in native jokes I could share? And I was like, whoa, I'm going to get reprimanded because <laughs> this is still my work. Um, and so there's actually a lot, you know, at the end of the day, this is still this is still our work. So we're not going to talk about those but it is out there (laughs) 
Yeah, that was part of the planning, right, of framing, okay, what can we include and not? And uh, I was doing some research, too, and when I put the call out, okay, I need need some jokes or some some ideas of what we can talk about today. And the first clarifying question I got was, well, does it have to be, well, you know, does it ha- does it have to be clean? Like, can it, what's the parameters? And I said, no, it's for the podcast. Yes, it has to be clean. And I didn't get, it was, to- it was kind of silence after that. So yeah, sometimes it is tricky to filter those things <laughs> if you are on the spot. So let's, let's go there. Let's talk about, let's touch on that, I guess. What is it that makes Indigenous humor so unique? How do you know it's Native humor and not just funny in general? I think it's looking, I don't want to say it's self-deprecating because often it's about teasing someone else, but in a way that it's like us, we are in this situation to like, like we're to, laughing with you, not at you. Well, no, sometimes we're laughing yeah. at you. <laughs> but it's because we're stuck in it together, right? <laughs> um, I'm thinking of those, um, some of those memes out there, right? The one-liners or the certain themes that they have. Uh, but yeah, if you have an idea while I gather my thoughts on... Okay that specific piece well I I can add to identifying a little bit more I think part of it too is sometimes not all and all of these right these are just our ideas thoughts and opinions and it's um not excluded to just these things but yeah I think a little bit of what you were talking about I think also there's that darkness um some or cynicism right that Dallas Goldtooth was talking about um Oftentimes it's political, right? And sometimes our, and I'm thinking about the memes that are all over Facebook and Instagram. Um, And that's a whole other topic too that hopefully we'll get some time to delve into because that's a big one right now. Um, Even these memes, I don't even think they always intend the the person that's making them or, or people that are sharing them. I don't even think we're intending to be political, but to be indigenous is whether you like it or not is political and so it kind of seeps into everything and even our humor so that's subversive too I guess you could say that too right that has to deal with the just um politicalness of being Anishinaabe um another thing I thought was interesting part of my research again I I remember reading one of my language books, and it's in Patricia Ningwance's book, uh, Talking Gokum's Language. And that is uh, not a humorous book on, on purpose. It's a textbook for beginner Ojibwe. But in her introduction, I remember there was a section on words of encouragement, and she talked about being in language class and that a lot of times we get laughed at as learners, especially as adult learners by fluent speakers. And she kind of reframed it. So I'll I'll just read it because she said it better than I could say it. 
but this is Patricia Ng once, and she says, many students are afraid of being ridiculed if they mispronounce. Adults often laugh at their own children when they mispronounce native language words. I think this is just a clash of two kinds of humor that the child or youth is not aware of. Fluent Ojibwe's will laugh at anything, anything. Trying to describe native language humor is like trying to describe colors to one who's never seen colors. The only thing I can say is to shrug it off and take faith that one day soon, you'll be as silly as the rest of us when you learn the language. What a thing to aspire to. So, yeah, and that's what I'm aspiring to <laughs> as a language learner, is to be in on the joke. And I'm not a fluent speaker, I'm still learning. Um, but one thing that I am learning about our language and our speakers is, she's totally right there, there's something in the language or that a fluent speaker, their sense of humor is different than ours. I almost want to say, I don't want to say there's no taboos, but there's there's no boundary. Like, there's no political correctness. Like, you can write and, and they'll laugh at anything and it's not, it's not rude. I think it's that loving thing that we were talking about, right? When when you get roasted by, by someone, it's that's how we show love, <laughs> which might be dysfunctional, but is really funny. <laughs> and that's, that's what native humor is, right? Um, yeah. And I, yeah, like any, like she said, anything that you can laugh at, you, you will get laughed at. I, I love that because there's two ideas uh, I have from that. So one is I remember um, my mom telling me about this song that she knew growing up um, in the language and it was so funny and it was just about this guy climbs the ladder and he fell off and bumped his leg or something but she would laugh they would laugh so hard at it but when she says it in English right it's like it doesn't really translate so when I think about what you read um, about her describing it I'm like yeah that is something to aspire to to be in on the joke because it doesn't translate that you know that silly song I think I know what song you're thinking sorry I interrupted yeah no go ahead well please sing it I think I know I don't remember the lyrics, but I remember that very funny. That's the only part that sticks with me. Um, and I think you're talking about Joe Bolizzo. That's what the song is. Joe Bolizzo, Miss Shomes, blah, blah, blah. But it's talking about he's going to his grandma's house, climbs the tree, apple tree to pick an apple or fruit. Now I'm going to forget. But the funny part is, and it is funny in the language, but it's not as funny, like he said, because the language is so descriptive. And one in that word, you're saying, I'm sorry, he fell down and he broke his butt. But in, and the thing is, too, I find in Anishinaabe when, um, you know, how you can say, you know, posterior, rear end, bum, buttocks, and then you can go more, more vulgar, like ASS, like those words. Um, it's it's just diosh in the in the language and it means all of those things right there's no like level of right and i i found the same the same thing when i was learning about the word for poop i guess in the language it's mo or or moich and when i saw a translation for it i thought it was interesting because the english translation the um this was in Rand valentine's book um when reference grammar, but he says, um, Mo 
it it's he says I don't want to label it as just defecation but I don't want to label it as you know like crap or like a swear word like that he says it's somewhere in between there <laughs> like there's no English word so I think that's what's happening with Jobel is over that and it's it sounds funny in the language but then when you translate it it's like this long you're right he fell down and he broke his bum <laughs> right that that is the song so yeah thanks for yeah. reminding me <laughs> Um, I just remember my mom giggling away about that. So, yeah. The other part uh, was, hmm, I I lost it because I was too caught up in your story. Um, Do you want a reminder? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about fluent Ojibwe's and nothing is off limits and right. how their sense of humor is different. Yeah. I think from another point of view when you when if you don't know the language um or you're only learning it uh i'm just i'm a new learner so i'm you know very new at it um but i think about the humor like the memes and stuff um it's sometimes it's about claiming being indigenous too right like these are things unique to indian country or um being anishinaabe um so it's like an inside joke as well, um, yeah. which I, I love. I think it's so funny, but then you, there's only a limited people you can share it with who have those similar experiences, right, to really get, get it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, too. Um, for me, the, th- the one that I love going around right now is anything laughing at native people indigenous people how we all want to put our mattress in the living room on the floor in front of the tv like how that's like the romantic thing to do or or you know like how you treat yourself or spend your week because we totally do that so there that's just an example right of one that's going around or you know when we talk or we see memes joking about putting uh, hot dogs in our craft dinner, <laughs> you know. Um, I think for me, what that rec, what that, I don't know what that means or the importance to me, is for the first time or relatively recently seeing something in the media, even if it's just Facebook, even if it's just social media within my contacts, seeing something in the media that is uniquely relates to my experience as being Indigenous. So I get, like you were saying, right, claiming that indigeneity and just being being able to relate in something for once, because for so long, media representation for us as Indigenous people just wasn't there. And it's so, and I think that's why a lot of these memes have taken off, um, right? Now that, now that I guess the ownership or being able to create that is in our hands for the first time with social media. So it's so powerful to just even be able to, right, to take that humor online and laugh at ourselves. Yeah, I think part of it, too, is the universal aspect of colonization that you mentioned. I find um, some of the people who are putting out uh, content from all over Turtle Island 
there's still pieces that are relevant that I can relate to and so find hilarious. Um, that's not, you know, they're not Anishinaabe, but they're still, they're still on the res. There's still poverty. There's still those kinds of um, things that are common, which make some of those humorous pieces universal in a way, right? Yeah. I wanted to share some of mine actually while we were talking on that. So right now the ones I see going around are the indigenous urge to dot 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 <laughs> fill in the blank, right? Because I find a lot of those are wholesome ones that I might I probably won't get reprimanded at work. <laughs> <laughs> so this one here's a dark one um but i really related to this and it is uh the indigenous urge to overshare your trauma and scare your white friends and <laughs> and see that's dark but for me it's like i do relate to that because i definitely have been in that situation before where i you know i have a non-native friend and then i ha, 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 laugh about or whatever and they're like whoa Another one, I already spoke about this one, but the indigenous urge to put your mattress out in the living room. Or the indigenous urge to ice break with, where are you from? Right? Right. That's, yeah. Do you know any? Do you have any of those? I'm not really on social media a lot, and so I've only seen a couple, which I did relate to, but I, I don't have any off the top of my head. You know, a good place to research would just be mine and your DMs, because that's basically what we do is we <laughs> we just send memes to each other all day. Yeah. Is there any, um, well, it doesn't have to be that one, but is there any, do you want to talk about something else? <laughs> do you want to talk about, quote, something else, end quote? Sure. <laughs> Ah, see, even that one was a good inside joke. Yeah. So I'll just, uh, here's one that, I don't know, I guess a meme category that kind of took off um, that's political. So anyway, I might as well just explain it. So the the most recent American election for president, that was November 2020, I think, um, after the election, you know, you're following all this election coverage online and in the media. So CNN was doing a report on exit polls. So they shared some data about, um, I guess, how many people came out to the polls, what percentage were this race, right? So someone took a screenshot of it. And so the screenshot reads United States and then race and percentage. So 65% of the voters were white. 13% were black, 12, oh no, sorry, 13% were Latino, 12% were black, 3% were Asian, and 6% was something else. And so it literally <laughs> said something else. Um, Native people knew that meant us. So it, someone got a screenshot of it, shared it, and it just spread like wildfire. And, um, and the memes just took off about that. Um, some people were righteously upset. Um, a lot of, you know, political organizations and spokesmen spoke out about that and how deeply troubling that is that where Native people are 
sovereign founding nations of that country and that we're still here and that erases us. What did the average indigenous person online do? We made memes about it and laughed about it. <laughs> so that took off. So, you know, we had happy something else heritage month. Um, I saw a meme with um, Forrest Gump and it says, and just like that, natives were labeled something else and they just ran with it. <laughs> um, I think, what was that other one, that movie Smoke Signals with the radio show host guy and he starts every day with it's a good day to be indigenous mm -hmm. so there's a screenshot of that and it's that guy and he's saying it's a good day to be something else i know right now one of the big things is changing the name of the of a nfl football team that uses a racial slur against indigenous people and so we might have to bleed this part out but the washington redskins um, and so some, so I saw a meme joking about changing the name to Washington something else's. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty upsetting what happened, but I feel like that's a pretty um, good example of kind of what Indigenous humor can be. It's, you know, we're teasing ourselves and laughing about the situation because at the end of the day, sometimes that's all you, that's all you can do or that's... Um, that's one way to lighten the mood and make light. Um, but it's also very political and very subversive. And I thought it was funny too, because I, at the time I was sharing these memes and a lot of my non-native friends had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and so that's the other thing too, right? Like being in on the inside joke kind of thing. Yeah. I like that. I, when those came around, um, I didn't, I don't, I don't try not to watch American news. So I didn't get it. And, but it was so, it was still, there were so many, right? And so it was easy to find out what it was and, and get on board because it is hilarious. There were some good ones for sure. Yeah. So do you want to talk about, what do we want to talk about next? Our, our favorite comedians, our favorite sketches, memes? Well, I wanted to talk about the reason I got on TikTok. Um, okay. I, or I started cluing in. Um, we, I, I was working with Dorothy and uh, we were, we had this uh, show. We had, it was like a one-time recording and we had a, a few people join us. And so in her research, um, she came across and we got the chance to speak with Sherry McKay and I hadn't heard of her until um, I would actually my chief sent me um, her a video like a TikTok, and it was her I don't even know if there's any words but she's going around the house and she's looking for her keys and uh, looking for her sunglasses and you can't find her coffee she put down um, and there's music in the background. And then you see a little person who's walking around wearing her sunglasses, holding her keys and the coffee, right? Um, and it was just so funny. And I was like, oh my God, because that happens to me all the time, right? And it's like, oh, freak, I knew I put my keys down there. Like I, And then sort of the things that come to mind are what people share, right? So I thought that was definitely a unique Indigenous humor piece that, you know, was... Um, 
I was really happy to see it. And it was like, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, it's so cool. And like you said, you see yourself in other things and can relate to it. That's um, super important. So um, that was when I finally thought, okay, well, this is a place to go to find more of these kinds of connections, right? And um, so I started following a, a few other people just to get that daily laugh when I have a chance, or not even daily because I don't, don't go on every day, but when I have a chance to scroll through and hear what's going on across the nation and then also have some laughs at the same time. That's a good point. I don't even go on. I have TikTok, but I don't, I don't go on it, but there is a lot of Indigenous people on there so I'll have to look her up for me my my big I mean there's always been indigenous comedians around uh and that kind of thing so um but I'm I think I'm 35 I, I forget how old I am. um so in within my 35 years of life for me I remember I was going to grad school in Victoria BC how many years ago was this now? I don't know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago. And uh, I had heard about the 1491s. And at the time, they were all over YouTube. Was there Insta I think Instagram was around, but it wasn't what it is today. It was mostly just Facebook, Twitter, and then YouTube. Um, and so they're a collective of young indigenous men from around the, the U.S. who were just making sketches, you know, about Native people. <laughs> and uh, I was just addicted. And that was the first time myself that I really saw us being portrayed in the media. And even though it was just YouTube, right, it was just these guys that took matters into their own hands. Uh, if we fast forward to today, you know, a lot of those guys, I think it would be Sterling Harjo, Dallas Goldtooth, and Megaze Pensano, I hope I said their names correctly, that started Reservation Dogs. That's um, that's really, but I think it's 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes right now, which is a huge thing. And I think now I'm going to, Bobby Wilson, oh, I should have done my research, <laughs> but there's also Rutherford Falls, right? I know Bobby Wilson, who's from the 1491s, is in that show and, and is a writer. So, you know, it, it started on YouTube and, and look where it's come. But at, at the time, yeah, I was just addicted to it. And there was there were so funny, like the stuff that that they were talking about. I think the first one that sticks out in my mind is this ridiculous sketch they did of auditioning for the, a new um, Twilight movie for the native roles. Yeah. Carrie's laughing because she already knows. And then they're just, you know, they're just making fun of all those Hollywood stereotypes about natives, right? When, and they're these real native men that are in, you know, tacky little loincloths and powwow dancing around and, you know, acting like those savages or whatever those stereotypes are right but it's so funny yeah i'm trying to think i was of some other funny ones. well i was thinking of the i'm an indian two song that they uh were recording at one of those mark the big market down in the west coast santa fe yeah i thought that one was pretty funny and it was just recording i think ryan redcorn was dancing around with a headdress on same thing and a right? loincloth yeah <laughs> 
There's a southern one. It's not as I know the one that's really popular with them was the slapping medicine man. I don't. Do you remember it? Can you? Yeah. Describe so that one better than me. I I don't know if I can, but I can take a stab. So someone goes in to see the medicine man and is complaining about like, oh, I lost my job because I'm I'm drinking and you know, but I don't know what to do because I got to pay the bills. And then this big giant hand comes out and like slaps him across the face. <laughs> he's like, quit it. That, stop yeah. that. <laughs> then the next one comes along. Oh, no, I've been cheating on my partner and, you know, I have a wandering eye and I don't know what to do. And he, big giant hand comes out. Slap. Right. Quit it. <laughs> like, stop that. Or I'm, I'm not sure the exact words, but oh, it was go Google them or uh, go look them up online. Yeah. There was another one that wasn't as popular, but I don't know why I just die laughing at it every time. I think it was called Bad Medicine Removers, and they're kind of like these Ghostbuster native guys, but for your office. So if your printer isn't working, they're like in these Ghostbuster outfits, and they go and smudge smudge your office um, to get rid of the bad medicine. And I don't know, it's just so funny. And... <laughs> I think it's just more the physical, like, there's another one that you have to Google. I think it's, for me, it's the physical humor that's so funny, um, besides just the concept, because I think it's Dallas just has this big, goofy smile plastered on his face the whole time, and they're dancing around the office and smudging, and I don't know. I laugh every time at it. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that one. I'm going to look it up. I've, I've watched, um, like, Singing Lessons. Yeah. Yeah. I know I see them everywhere now that they've come a long way since then. And um, I think probably my favorite part of Reservation Dogs is Dallas Goldtooth as the spirit. What is his official role, like name on that? It's like unnamed warrior or fallen warrior or something like that. Oh, I think it just says spirit in the in the. At the end, when they oh, roll okay. the credits, but yeah, I think you're right that they probably do. Ref- he does refer to himself or is referred to as something. Yeah, I definitely recommend watching that show if you haven't. I know uh, it first came out in the, in the United States only, and I was seriously contemplating getting a virtual private network so I could stream it in Canada. But then it came out a couple weeks later on Disney Plus, so we just um, binged it, and I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's just it's so good, like the writing, the actors, the character development. It's just an amazing show. But what's more, I think again for me, it's just the representation. Like it's really authentic. Um, I think it takes place in Oklahoma, and I'm in Ontario, but there's still that universalness that we can relate to and some of the jokes and or even just the the way they talk to each other. It's very familiar, right? Um, yeah, what is it about that res accent? <laughs> <laughs> Willie Jack. Willie Jack has the best accent out of all of them. Yes. That character. Yeah, I don't know what is up with that. um yeah so what are so so there's my my tribute to the 1491 so i have stand and i always will 
stand them. They do such important things. And, you know, aside from just their their funny sketches, like they were, they d- they also had like serious or, you know, rep- representation. I think they had a series called Represent, right? Where it was just about native representation. Wasn't necessarily funny, but just uplifting stuff. Yeah, working um, with youth. Um, I remember them like doing things at universities and stuff. So, yeah. Should we talk about Charlie Hill? Yeah, actually, it was funny because when you mentioned him um, previously, I was surprised you brought him up. And I was pleased that you brought him up because that's even before my time. Um, I'm 12 years older than you. I can't even do math. Um, And the first time I came across him was probably 15 years ago. my my early YouTube days. I don't know how old YouTube is, but um, yeah. So so please share. Please share a little bit. Um, I don't know much about him other than we can't have a podcast about Indigenous humor without, you know, um, cr- mentioning Charlie Hill. And so for me, I think it all goes back to 1977. That's when he was on the Richard Pryor show and just that legendary uh, stand-up routine that he did. Um, and I think, and then he went on to go on, I think he was the first ever Indigenous guest or comedian on Johnny Carson. Was that, that was the big, that was the popular one back then, Johnny Carson show. And he was also on David Letterman a couple of times. But I think even just talking about Indigenous folks in the media and in Hollywood, like he he's groundbreaking in that regard. And when I was looking him up, um, so sorry, going back, I think Charlie Hill is Oneida from Wisconsin. And uh, even when I looked him up, I found out he was a writer on Roseanne on the TV show. Oh, wow. Yeah, the original one, not the, not the reboot, <laughs> not as successful, um, which is amazing. Like, that show is amazing. So I learned something something new about him, but I thought it was funny. One of the things he said, actually, when he was on the Richard Pryor show, and if we could get clips, he's going to say it better than I could, but if he can't, I'll spoiler, here's one of his jokes. But he talks about being Oneida from Wisconsin, but that his people were originally from New York, but they had a real estate problem. And so, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know how he, yeah, how he got, he was just so funny. Like, I imagine that crowd was mostly non-Native folks, and they're, like, laughing away at colonization. And <laughs> Yeah, but he really paved the way for, you know, everyone that we're talking about today. Um, I think he passed away recently ish Hmm. yeah yeah no i didn't know he wrote on roseanne that's amazing and for sure opened a lot of doors um and it's still funny when you watch it to this day there's still things right which i don't know if that i still hear people saying trick or treaty that was charlie hill still stands the test of time yeah Um, <clears throat> who are some other comedians that we wanted? Ryan McMahon, for me, that that's a big one. And and Ryan 
is um I think he's from Kuchiching First Nation in northwestern Ontario. Um he I think a lot of people would know him from I'm gonna say about eight, ten years ago as the character Clarence Tutos that that was really popular on Facebook and YouTube for some time. Um, again, he would ha he had that thick res accent and the big glasses, the big um, INAC glasses, pop bottle glasses. With one was broken and with a an elastic on it. Um, I remember I remember on one year on Canada Day, he released a Clarence Tutos videos about why he's not celebrating Canada Day. Um, for good reason as an indigenous person but it was so funny and yeah i don't know we're the best <laughs> um i was thinking of tanya joe hall too not as not so local to where i am but uh on social media i think that's the first place i saw her and we brought her up or somebody brought her up to do a show i think it was one of the galas uh, tribal council galas that we had she was brought in um one year and yeah it was pretty funny all those um grandma kind of jokes or maybe not grandma maybe their other relatives but <laughs> relatable relatable and hilarious i think i liked her singing one too her singing lessons when she was at the powwows and stuff yeah yeah uh, Niganin also brought in Conway Kootenai, who's uh, oh, really? Smudge, yeah, who, who's Smudge Pan. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, he came online and joined us for some staff days kind of thing. But he also came to, I think, the, la the last time we were able to have a gala in person <laughs> um, as the entertainment and was pretty funny as well. I actually have a deadly sweater from him, so. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that reminds me when the pandemic first hit, I saw a meme going around about like back, um, I don't know, like pandemic safety tips. And it was like, don't say ever deadly, say ever healthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to start that. <laughs> or uh, or don't say ever sick say ever healthy <laughs> <laughs> what about in your life are there who's the funniest or I don't I don't want to say because then we're going to make some people mad <laughs> who's the funniest and indigenous person you know but um, the person I miss working with the most actually is Taylor I used to share an office with him and his humor is really dry and he'll do the long setup. He set up jokes for me for weeks and then would like nail the punchline and he's so deadpan about it all. Um, and I felt like, um, no fault of Nigani, but I felt like my wit level dropped <laughs> since I don't work with him anymore because he used to keep me on my toes. So that's another person I exchange a lot of memes with on the daily. Um, so yeah, shout out to Taylor for that. How about you? Um, oh man, I know so many people that are funny. I guess I'm 
there's categories, <laughs> there's layers. <laughs> because, well, I don't think this is just na Native people, but you know how, you know, there's always that person in your life who has a really big, wild, infectious laugh that's so bonkers that it doesn't matter what, as long as they're laughing, you're laughing. Um, I find we have a lot of those in our communities and in our families. Um, is that like every family's got one? And if you don't know yeah. who it is, it's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't have a one of those laughs, but um, your reaction is one that you seek for <laughs> because your laugh is um, it's like sudden. I don't know. And you do the, like, the, the, either the knee slap or the throwing the head back kind of thing. <laughs> and so when you get that laugh, it's like, yes. <laughs> so maybe Taylor misses working with you, too. Maybe. Maybe. You His probably fed off each other. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I saw um, Don Bernstein, too, talking about that. The, the five different, what is it, ways that Native women laugh. And um, there was the big laugh, and then there was, like, the violent laugh where you push someone or you slap your knee or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get hit by a few people I know that slap your shoulder up when. Sometimes <laughs> not always in humor, though, but... <laughs> so, I don't know, I feel like, I feel like we did a substantial effort for part one i apologize if it wasn't that funny all the memes i saw in my head were funny though <laughs> <laughs> oh, same here oh Maybe i don't the know the next the next one has to be a, a video as well or something i don't know <laughs> yeah um am i telling my silly joke now yeah let's let's wrap up with uh with the silly joke um like Carrie said, full disclosure, this is still our job. So another thing about Native humor is it's raunchy. So we can't go there today. Wholesome Native jokes today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's hear your wholesome okay. Native joke. Okay, so this old niche man one time, um, back in the day, right? Um, he went to go see a medicine man and the medicine man asked him, like okay so what brings you what brings you here right like come in and have a seat and the old, old guy says well some days i feel like a wigwam and sometimes some days i feel like a teepee and i don't i don't really know what's wrong with me right and so the medicine man thinks you know closes his eyes and thinks for a minute and then he says i know what's wrong with you you're too tense <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was very wholesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I have one, but Carrie, you've already heard it, but maybe our podcast listeners won't. Um, yeah, I'll just tell it. But Carrie, you've only heard it in language, so this will be your first time hearing it in English. What kind of door handle do Anishinaabe people use? I don't know. Anishinaab. <laughs> and that was our kind of funny 
maybe not so funny podcast on people that are actually funny. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you got a few tips to go check out on your own. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who I can who I can pick on. Who are our other podcast hosts? Robin. Okay, so I think that's it for this episode. I just want to say thank you for listening. If you thought I was funny, my name is Jessica Shonyas. If you did not think I was funny, I'm Robin Reckley. Miigwech. <laughs> um, I'll also speak Harry either way. That's just me and myself. But thank you for sharing this time with us. And I'm um, looking forward to our next time we get to spend with you. Miigwech. Bama pi kanawaya. Bama pi.